Always be clear where you get your conservative talk. The St. Louis Business Journal is now reporting that liberal billionaire George Soros is the largest shareholder of Odyssey. The parent company of KMOX and 97.1 Talk. Soros' maneuver raises critical questions about the future of media ownership and influence. Money and attention is power. And when he has the money and he controls what's on the radio stations, he's going to be able to control the mind. Potentially hundreds of millions of Americans. St. Louis's trusted source and number one. Number one. For conservative talk. This is News Talk STL. Hello and welcome to Thursday afternoon on Colombo and Katie on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Got a busy Thursday for you. So much to talk about. We're going to get into some local stories. There's some action happening. There is a uh, there was a property tax cut that was passed in the Missouri House this week. There is a new prostitution law Mm. being advanced, getting some momentum also in Jeff City this week. So we're going to get into all of those details and more with State Representative Justin Sparks when we talk to him in just about 15 minutes from now. Also, the results of Biden's physical are in. We're going to save that discussion for Dr. Randy Tobler because Dr. Randy Tobler is a doctor. That seems logical. I call balderdash on the results of this this physical. But if anybody would be able to tell us the truth, it's Dr. Randy Tobler. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to those conversations. Doc will join us in just about an hour from now, just after 3 o'clock. So looking forward to all of that. Let's start with a story that I just like. This is amazing. So Joe Biden is on his way down to Texas. Uh Uh-huh. So is Trump. They're both making border visits, obviously separate from each other. President's doing it in his official president capacity. Trump is doing it as, you know, part of his campaign. And he's going down there to talk to folks and, you know, hear what they all have to say. The Border Patrol Union released a statement earlier today directed at Joe Biden and all it says is hold on let me get it out where's the exact here it is this is from the border patrol union and the tweet on the the, the statement on twitter says attention president biden keep our name out of your mouth today that's oh, the, boy. That's it. Attention, President Biden. Keep our name out of your mouth today. Oh, my God. That's to the President of the United States. That's got to make him so mad. Biden is so, oh we've talked about this. He is so bad with criticism, especially behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He cannot take it when people aren't bowing the knee mm-hmm. and praising him. For somebody, basically, you know, in in the public eye, to look him squarely in the the eye publicly and say, keep our name out of your mouth is about as about as blunt as you can be. It's as blunt as you can be. There's also no hiding the fact that everyone feels like you haven't done a damn thing about the border. This is also coming from an organization that is border security for them to say, 
don't even think about talking about us. Mm-hmm. Don't even think about it. I mean, what are you going to say now that you're Biden and you visit the border? What are you going to say? Right. So let me finish this story because there's a there's another border related story that's actually also connected to this one. So let me get it. Let me get it all out there. So Biden is going to Texas today. The White House, uh, the official statement from the White House Mm -hmm. says that. During this trip, the president will receive a briefing on border security operations and operational briefing from CBP, ICE, and USCIS. Afterwards, the president will deliver remarks to emphasize the need for congressional Republicans to stop putting politics ahead of our border security and pass the bipartisan border security agreement. This union, the National Border Patrol Council which is the main union for that for for border, border patrol officers said that it backs most of the bipartisan bill apparently it, it gives more money to and expands the power a little bit of border patrol agents so this this the National Border Patrol Council the union that put out that statement said that while it backs most of the bipartisan bill it's all too little too late they put out a separate statement after the keep your name out of our mouth tweet saying, but even if he were, but even if he were to put the proper policies in place at this late hour, he'd be doing it only to try to save his presidency and self-serving actions when time is winding down should always give Americans pause. Common sense dictates that as a lame duck, he'd revert to his open border policies if reelected. So they're saying they don't buy it. He's Mm -hmm. just he's just. While they agree with this bill that he is supporting, they're saying if he gets reelected, he'll he'll go back on all of these promises because he's only doing this to try to save his presidency. Absolutely. They go on to say, quote, Biden is going to the border now solely to try to save himself. Border security should never be about politics. It should always be about the safety and security of this great nation and the American people. So the Border Patrol Union is just flat calling him out saying you may you may have a halfway decent bill that you're promoting right now but you're only doing it to save to try to because you're desperate and you're trying to save your presidency in this election we don't believe that you'll even keep these policies if you are reelected and it's all too little too late keep our name out of your mouth Woo! i love it i do too on top of that more and more reports and more and more newscasts are coming out from the people and the citizens that are in these border cities. And they talked about it today. They're like, yeah, the president did a drive-by in in our border city, didn't say a word to us, didn't talk to our mayor, just did a little drive-by and expects that to be okay, expects that to be good enough. So not only are the leaders of these unions and these organizations saying, no, don't think you're trying to save your campaign by doing a little visit here, but the people in these border cities have been talking against the president and have been talking about the situation for the last four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it, if this isn't sign and a smell, look at him. If this is not desperation, this guy has no idea what's going on at look the border at and is now trying so to save his ass. We're looking at pictures ass. of him 
These are live. He's on the ground there in Texas. He's oh, walking with some Border Patrol agents. Being chummy. Being, look at him. Chummy, chummy. But he looks... He's he's walking so slow. Yes. He's so staggered. And you know what? We should really listen to some... Not this audio here, but if you can on Twitter, go to the RNC's Twitter handle and the people of Brownsville well, have been speaking out oh, against yeah. him being there. They are like... Too little, too late. Yeah. Don't even come. Why? Yeah. Don't even bother yeah. being here. If he speaks, we'll go to it for a second because I'd love to hear. Because he he does not look like he even knows what planet he's on as he's walking What's, in Texas right what now. What do you think, Tony, the greeting of Biden is when he lands in Brownsville compared to the greeting of Donald Trump? They hate him. Well, oh, but like, yeah. Trump you, will be a rock star. What do you think? It's going to be. Trump will be a rock star. It's going to be night and day. With the Latino community. Night and, and day. The and the the residents. I mean, like ev- ev- everywhere he goes, doesn't matter with the agents exactly, with every group that he meets with. So, as I said, there's a second part of this. If you needed any more, like any of us need proof that Biden doesn't believe anything he's saying about trying to fix the border now, because he's had four years to do so, and as the union pointed out, he's just going to go back on anything that he tries to do now because he doesn't believe it. And if you needed any more proof, also. Today, ahead of this visit, the White House debuted a new term for illegal immigrants. So, you know, remember when they said we can't say illegal aliens anymore? Yeah. They stopped that. Mm -hmm. They also don't say illegal immigrants anymore. They just call them migrants or immigrants. They they. There's a huge difference. They won't let they, they, they won't, you know, they don't use the word illegal, even though they're illegal. Today, they rolled out a new term for illegal aliens, newcomers. And I don't mean they rolled out a new term like Karine Jean-Pierre just said it. This is the language that's in the bill. This is the language that's in the bill that he is, that he is, is hawking while he's down there. For example, a line from the bill indicates that this bill will uh, allocate $1.4 billion, quote, for cities and states who are providing critical services to newcomers. This is not, yeah, this is an official term. It's not illegal aliens. It's not even illegal immigrants. It's not even migrants. It's newcomers. The House GOP put out a statement today about the language in this bill, newcomers, that said, quote, The Biden White House is now referring to illegal immigrants as newcomers. Joe Biden is not serious about stopping the illegal immigration into the United States. This is a catastrophe by design. And they're exactly right. So newcomers is what they're using to be for to to take the place of illegal immigration. Yeah. Homelessness doesn't exist anymore. It's unhoused. Um, there was another word that you said not long ago, and for the life of me, I can't remember. I'm, I might be able to look it up over the break. It was so. It was like an insane. What was it regarding? You remember? God, I can't. It was. It was just like maybe three weeks ago, maybe a was month it about ago. Immigrants, it was some, or was it about it was something, something like that? It was something that was just mm. you and I. You read the word, and we're like, "What in the world?" But this is the strategy. This is the strategy to move from. Things that they deem harmful that have negative connotations when in actuality, you can't 
immigrants are different than illegal immigrants. You are not doing justice to the people that came here legally by combining these two, by combining these two elements. Newcomers. And newcomers doesn't, it doesn't hide the fact that you also came here illegally. It doesn't change the facts. You can, you can have, you can try to create a synonym all day long. But it's nicer. We have to be nice. But it doesn't change the facts. We have to be nice to criminals. We have to be nice to bad guys. I think it's really telling that they're doing this in the wake of all of these new reports about illegal immigrants killing, raping, sexually assaulting, doing, I mean, beating up New York police officers. It's really convenient that now all of a sudden we have to be labeling people that are criminals something different than they are when all of these horrible reports are coming out because they can't control the border. This also, one more story that's related to all of this. This also all happens on the same day today as a fe- that a federal judge blocked Texas's new law of arresting illegal aliens in their state and deporting them themselves. This federal judge has deemed that to be against the against the unconstitutional because only the federal government has jurisdiction over the border and who comes in and out not the states so this federal judge david ezra today granted a preliminary injunction that will block texas's bill sb4 from taking effect next week which it was supposed to do The law would allow state authorities to arrest and jail illegal immigrants if they so the police catch them. They're allowed to keep them and hold them on the crimes that they have committed, which is against the federal policy right now. It would also have given state judges, Texas state judges, the power to order deportations in his ruling. The judge said That states, quote, may not exercise immigration enforcement power except as authorized by the federal government. So this judge says states do not have that authority to lock up criminals, even if they catch them, if it has to do with the border, residency, immigration because the federal government is in charge of that. We've been talking about this for a long time on this show. How many how long have I been saying that there is a showdown coming between states rights and the federal government? Oh. That there is going this is the rubber is going to hit the road. Who ultimately has the power in this country? The states or the federal government? And from everything that I've seen and all the legal power experts that I talk to, the deck is the deck is stacked for the federal government. And this is proof right here. A ruling today that so these police officers, state police in Texas can catch somebody, prove that they're here illegally, therefore breaking the law. Not only can they not deport them, they can't even hold them longer than the federal policy allows. And I you know what? I'll even give them the deportation. Like maybe it's a federal, like to be kicked out of okay. the country yeah. that has to come from, but it's to totally get, but to be held mm-hmm. and charged for your crimes by the state and even kicked out of the state. 
Texas should be able to, and every other the, the, the state should have control over their own borders. Maybe they can't throw them out of the country, but this is this is this is a big deal. So, and this is a blow to states' rights. Going off of what you just said, ever since Governor Greg Abbott started taking yeah it matters, matters into his own hands matters into his own hands and starting to put the illegal immigrants coming in from texas to different places yeah that is where i feel like we saw a huge monumental turn with what states are capable of doing compared to what the federal government but they're not can do. they've lost he's lost everywhere he tried to he said free, right he said if the federal government's not going to put up a, a wall we'll build our own wall right and the court said nope can't do that because it's federal it's the federal border and states have no control of that. Then this, they said, you know what? We'll do it ourselves. If we arrest, if we if if we arrest or or catch an illegal immigrant who's here illegally, we'll hold them and charge them with crimes without the federal government. And the federal government just said, nope, you can't do that. What I meant to say about that is that it's has not, been. not that right. one, not that they're losing or winning. Right. It's just that was the first time that we are seeing action taken yes. by a state. He's pushing it. They're pushing, they're pushing the, the yeah. button. Mm-hmm. And whether he is losing or winning the case is what it's putting a spotlight on yes. what the states You're are right. capable or not capable You're of right. doing. You're right. And, and it's BS was, that they're not capable of many of these things but for and that's something you've always been someone that's talked about that huge monumental difference but for someone like me we can talk about it but then i saw an action like this happening and i was like light bulb i get it same with roe versus wade when that was overturned and that gave back to that came back to the states that was a light bulb moment for me Mm -hmm. to say the states now have control and can decide what they want to do about roe versus wade and abortion yep and it's just these new things that are popping up, just like what you highlighted. We are in a battle right now to see which one is most important and who holds the power. Yeah. And the federal government keeps winning at this point. And that's scary. That's scary and dangerous. Scary. States rights are in a crucial. We're in a crucial moment for states rights. And I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. If you're all for federal control right now because you love Joe Biden. When Donald Trump wins the presidential election in November, do you want the federal government the federal government to be in control or do you want local control and states rights? You'll be singing a different tune. That's why it's so important. All right. Lots of other important things to talk about today and we will get into those with State Representative Justin Sparks. As I mentioned, there has been a movement on a couple of bills including a property tax cut that passed the Missouri House this week. We'll talk to Justin about that and more next on Colombo and Katie. I'll translate. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 101.9.94.1 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo here in studio with my partner Katie Fitzpatrick and joining us on the line as he does every Thursday afternoon at this time is Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. Justin, always great to talk with you, buddy. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys? I am. I'm good. And and just like last week and just like uh, yesterday with Rodney, I think we're going to get to talk about some actual um, bills and policy and issues. Uh, and I, I like this new change that these these segments we get to talk about uh, real issues instead of 
parking spots and drama like we were at the beginning of of the session. So um, let's just dive right into some of the headlines that I have seen recently, including today, um, uh, about the House, you, you, you all in the House, passing a property tax cut. It's interesting the way this is written because it's not... Uh, the personal property tax cut that we're all hoping for—it's—it's <laughs> it's just a property tax cut, I think. Can you uh, can you tell us what what this is, and is it something that's that is uh, that's good? Is it something that you're that that you're happy with? Yeah, I mean, of course, any type of property tax or any tax cut in general, I'm happy with. But to me, it's always not going to be enough. No. Now, that's my personality because I really want to go for everything, and I. I believe that it's much easier for government to wean themselves off of the crack called tax dollars that they're addicted to <laughs> and then let people have their money back, which will stimulate our local economy. And I mean, I have so much evidence to prove this. You can look at all of the states around. You can look at all the states around us and watch their economic growth and watch all of the people that are moving to these states there. And I've, I've, keep reading all these articles, guys, and I'm compiling all this information because it's very helpful. People are moving to Tennessee, Texas, Arkansas, they're Florida. They're moving to states specifically where the taxes are low, specifically income tax and property tax. Um, they're, they're moving and they're doing so and they're educated. So while this is a good step in the right direction, it's, it's a baby step in the right direction. We need to start thinking radically. And what the challenge is, is to convince the other legislators that it's going to be okay that your school administrators, who are the really the ones that are chirping in their ear when it comes to property tax and others, because they're saying, we can't do without, we're not going to, this, that, and the sky's going to fall. No, it's not. The sky's not going to fall because we're going to stimulate our economy. People are going to move here and more people are actually going to go to your school. You see what yes. you, you have to look at the narrative and flip it on its head because right now people are leaving those schools. People are leaving public schools and they're, they're leaving public schools in droves since COVID. You have to ask yourself why, right? I myself included two of my kids don't go anymore. And it's because the standards aren't the same. The behavior is reprehensible in some cases. The test scores are terrible and administrators are worried more about dollars coming in instead of, the quality of the education. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds harsh. I'm not trying to throw bombs here. I'm really not. I'm trying to help people get motivated to start thinking differently. And people are going to start moving back to our state in droves. And our schools are going to explode because they're going to be actually providing the education that you and I used to get. I think you have to. I think I think it's the right thing to do to explain it in those terms, whether anybody thinks they're harsh or not, because it is a very convenient card for the other side to play. Oh, you're taking away money from your kids. You know, like that's it's it, you know, they're going to go to that personal level. They're going to go. You're, they're going to stoop to a, a straw man like that. So it, I, I would much rather, uh, to, you know, to have that conversation with the uh, the the harsh language that is actually the truth than to uh, you know treat it with kid gloves. So that I'm glad you said all of that because it, I agree with that completely. I I read this and I'm and I am like you supportive of any property tax cut, but I, what I'm afraid of is that is that you guys as a body, not you personally, but you know as a as as a legislative body says, okay, we addressed tax cuts and it's 
10% of what actually should be done. So that that's my fear is that like, oh, this checks the box. And now we can tell our now we can, you know, tell our constituents that we passed a, a tax cut, but yep. we actually abandon the 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 actual uh, issue, which is personal property tax in general. So do you feel well, like this could do that, well, that this could stymie yeah. that that effort? Or do you think it's still going to have uh, momentum? If we let them, that's exactly what they'll do, because that is the spirit of the capital. It, it's it's literally all smoke and no fire. It's all smoke and mirrors. Look what we did and not actually do anything. I can't tell you how many bills that we look at and we're like, yeah, okay, this isn't like a, like a terrible idea. It just doesn't do anything. It looks like it's doing something and you can say you're doing something, but in actual practical reality, it doesn't really do a whole lot. And that really is the theme of the day every day in the Capitol. So here's, here's what I'm, I'm going to promise you. I will not. And those with me will never shut up about this issue because we have a such a long way to go and we have to shoot, we have to shout it from the rooftops. But the most important thing is you, the people have to have their voices heard and say it's not enough. That, that we are no longer, we are no longer going to be satisfied with incrementalism. We're no longer going to be satisfied with uh, being essentially uh, throwing us a bone here yeah. and there just to keep us quiet. Because that's what it really is. It doesn't do anything. And, and we're watching all the other states pass us by. Mm-hmm. It, it, it checks a box and it gives you yep. something you can put in your next campaign, uh, yep. a commercial, it, yep. but it doesn't... Uh, but it doesn't really actually help anybody. Or it helps, like I said, it makes things 10% better when you should have right. made things 100% better. Here's another one right. that I that caught my eye. You know, this is anything that's different. You know, we're always talking, not that, not that we shouldn't be talking about, you know, law and order and education and all those things. But, um, you know, it, it, it's always interesting when you, when, it, when a, something you didn't even think about before is, is, is popping up. This new prostitution law in Missouri. So I'll read the story so everybody's on board here and you can explain what, you know, what's real and what's not here. So in Missouri, Women engaged in prostitution face the same punishment as the men buying the sex. And I would imagine that would go the other way, you know, if it was a a woman buying it. Uh, A Class B misdemeanor that for both could lead up to six months in county lockup. In a possible shift, Missouri legislators are considering stiffer penalties for the purchasers of sex, sometimes referred to as Johns, as part of an effort to fight human sex trafficking, which occurs when the perpetrator forces, coerces, or defrauds an adult victim into performing uh, sex acts. So we all, okay, we get it. Uh, the So this legislation would essentially, it would make it a steeper penalty to be the one uh, uh, purchasing the 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 uh, the prostitution or or the sex act than it would for the person uh, delivering that service. Uh, I had, there's a quote in here from a representative Jeff Myers who is like you, a former police officer, who is one of the people that is um, endorsing this bill. So did I did I properly explain that to the people? And and then what do you what do you think of this uh, possible bill? Yeah, so I actually worked with Representative Myers on this a little bit, and he's been championing this bill. We're in the same committee, and I've been tracking it the whole time because it's important. Here's what we've learned. Uh, there's been an, a, an 
there's been an effort in recent years to decriminalize prostitution in the spirit of, oh, these are ladies that are trying to make a living, and if they want to do that, that's their decision, blah, blah, blah. It's completely wrong, in my opinion. Because you got Katie rolling her oh eyes. You got Katie rolling her eyes big time over here. Justin. Justin, it's crazy. I, I'm yeah. so sorry to cut you off, but I just want to... Yeah. I, I want to add to what you're saying. It's insane. My generation, the millennials, have advocated for women doing OnlyFans, prostitution, mm. being sex workers. Mm. Now women are rallying around that idea that somehow, like, go girl, make your money. It's disgusting. Yep. It is. It is. And, and Katie, it's destructive. Yes. You don't understand. When you. <sighs> Okay, guys, the goal is never to be in prostitution or to yes. be selling your body. And for and you know what I mean? Like for people to say, Yeah, that's what I want my daughter to do, like that's that's so um <laughs> incredibly stupid. But it's it's actually I think dangerous. And here's why. Because this is what this bill tries to do. What we've seen over and over and over, the genesis of sex trafficking is prostitution. So it's not like it happens sometimes. It's all the time. It's it's the 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 sex trafficking in our country and around the world, by the way, is an epidemic. It's unbelievably pervasive and it's pervasive in Missouri following the major interstates through our country. And it all surrounds prostitution, all of it. And so when you have this movement that's being taken advantage of around the country, which is decriminalization of prostitution or looking the other way or not really enforcing the uh, laws that are on the books anymore, guess what happens? The sex traffickers know that. They're not stupid. They see that, okay, this isn't being enforced anymore, and this is an excellent way to make a ton of money. Think about it this way. When When a drug dealer sells drugs, he gets money for his drugs. The drug addict uses drugs, and maybe they come back when they're out of drugs, okay? And that's a one-time purchase. That's a one-time crime that day. Then they come back, and it's repeated. For a sex-trafficked prostitute, think about this, sometimes 12, 14 times a day, 12 to 14 times a day that these people are getting paid for the services that these prostitutes are essentially enslaved. Mm. And that is why this is big big business and that's why it's so popular so that's what this bill tries to address and i think it's a good effort so justin along these same lines when we're talking about prostitution when we're talking about human sex trafficking you have also been a huge advocate on what we should be doing and laws being put into place for pedophiles and what we should be doing for people that are hurting and harming children do you mind talking about that a little bit and what your plans are and what you'd like to be doing with people that harm children well, I have a lot of kids, obviously. I have six kids. And um, my law enforcement background is going to bias me towards this every single time. But I filed the same bill that Idaho just passed. Idaho just passed extending their death penalty for the forcible rape of children. Child here, rape. here. Amen. Incredible. Yeah. So when you are a predator and you hunt down a small child and you rape them, usually for OnlyFans, right, or for mm. uh, on on the internet, right, you're making money off of it. And by the way, then you're pervasively spreading that behavior, which becomes a pathology, guys. It actually spreads to these other people. Um, back in the day, pedophiles before the internet, pedophiles were in an, on an isolated island of freakdom, right? These people are obviously disturbed, evil, 
and but they were isolated. And for them now on the internet, they connect to each other in these online communities and they share thousands and thousands of these images and videos. And of course, it always has to be more and more and more because of the addictive nature of the behavior. And it's, it is unbelievably harmful to our kids. And here's what's even worse. The, so many of the victims grow up after being damaged psychologically so horribly and become abusers themselves, not always, mm-hmm. but often. So you, you are actually spreading this cyclical nature of abuse and abusers over generations. So, yeah, I filed that bill. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So we have a couple minutes left here with uh, Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks, specifically that bill, the the pedophile bill, and the, this prostitution bill that we were just talking about. Uh, specifically, those two pieces of legislation, or anything in relate, you know, in in that same area. Um, are, are you seeing momentum? Are you seeing? Are, are, are you getting any pushback, or is this something that you think might, um, you know, have the uh, uh, the momentum to to actually pass this legislative session? I really am very hopeful the sex trafficking bill that representative Myers is pushing so hard is going to pass. I believe that that is actually going to happen this year. I'm going to do everything I can to support it and make it happen. The others are going to be a longer and a harder push because when you're talking about the death penalty, you lose a lot of people that um, think, Oh my goodness, we should abolish the death penalty. And because they really don't understand the nuances or why it works. There's a much harder push against that. But I'm hopeful that we can continue moving the needle. So often, guys, it's about starting these conversations and and bringing the perspective of the victims and making people remember the children that are raped, making people remember the innocent victims that are preyed upon by our criminals in society. And police officers in the legislature, that's our job. You know, that's our perspective. That's our background. And it's a good one to remind other people, hey, I'm speaking for the victims. Call me a monster, but I will never understand the argument that a murderer, a child abuser, or a rapist should be kept on this planet one Mm -hmm. extra day and how that benefits anything. That's my thoughts. Uh, Real quick, we're we're, we're technically out of time, but I'm going to ask you one more question, Justin. Uh, We were talking with Rodney Boyd yesterday, and he was saying that a lot of the air in the room in Jeff City is getting uh, sucked up by the budget, and that will and that happens year after year that that seemingly gets in the way of progress in so many other areas uh is that do you is that truly happening and 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 what is the uh what's the latest there as far as is the is the budget one of the things that's getting in the way of everything and can we maybe hopefully is there any optimism that we'll move on past the budget anytime soon Gosh, you know, it, it's true because our system, the way our system is set up is that we do the budget every year. And the problem with that is, it, you know, it's a huge budget and it needs a lot of work and it sucks up a great amount of resources and time and effort. And I am hopeful that you will see a very fiscally responsible budget coming out of the house. I've had great conversations with our budget chair who is committed to returning our budget to fiscal responsibility and actually cutting it instead of expanding it 
to another record budget. Unfortunately, our governor has proposed another record-sized budget, a budget that is bigger than the state of Illinois, even though Illinois has twice our population. It's insane, guys, because you can't think of what's happening now. You have to think what could possibly happen in six months, two to five to ten years. And you don't want to be putting the next governor and the next legislature and our state and our future and our kids, et cetera, et cetera, in a bad spot. So we have to we have to think to the future when we're talking about our budget and get it under control. Yeah. No, great stuff. Great insight. Great information. As always, that is Missouri State Representative and a Freedom Caucus member, Justin Sparks. Uh, Justin, uh, you know, like I say every week, of course, you can hear Justin every Thursday with us here on Colombo and Katie. But in the meantime, if people want to keep up with everything you're working on, social media, website, all that stuff, uh, how can they follow you? Sure. Justin M. Sparks on Twitter, X, and Sparks for Missouri on Instagram, Justin Sparks, Facebook, and SparksforMissouri.com. God bless you guys. Yeah, back at you. Thanks so much for your time this afternoon, as always. That is Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. We're going to talk to Dr. Randy Tobler in uh, just over 15 minutes at 3 o'clock. Looking forward to that. Uh, Before that, New York Attorney General Letitia James, she can't stay out of the headlines. Now that the Trump thing is over with, oh, yeah. you think that she's just going to go back in the shadows? Disappear? Heck no. She has just launched a new lawsuit against beef. Yeah. I Wait till you hear the details of this lawsuit. It is ridiculous. Not only is it about beef, but the beef is about... The laws that are supposed to be in place in 2040. Letitia James wants to file a lawsuit about that now in 2024. Maybe disrupt how people get their food for something that's supposed to happen in 2040. It's a mess. And I'll explain it next on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. 195 or visit them at GutterPros.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 101 News Talk STL. Great stuff in that last segment from Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. Always get great information from him. Uh, if you miss that segment or you just want to make sure you never miss anything that happens here on the show, make sure you subscribe to the Colombo and Katie podcast because we put this show out as a podcast right after we get off the air every single day. So it's a perfect way to make sure that you catch the whole show every day. Just subscribe to the Colombo and Katie podcast on whatever your favorite podcast platform is because we put the show on all of them. Uh, And just to wrap up part of that conversation, I know this kind of thing has been discussed before, but as we talked about just now with Justin and we talked about yesterday with Rodney Boyd, how the, the budget always dominates the legislative session and it sucks up all the time and there's so many things that just get left on the table because there's no time left after the budget. I don't understand why if we're going to do it annually 
which is the way we do it in Missouri. So, you know, if you're not going to pass two or three year budgets, so you don't have to do it every year. Do a separate session just for the budget. Yeah. Totally do a fine. budget session from January for January and February and then do the general legislative session March, April, May. Yeah. Or something great plan. like that. Don't know why that why that can't happen. I, well, it's I I know why. It's cuz it's cuz <laughs> they don't want to be there all the time. They don't want to they don't want to sacrifice more of their time and and state reps in Missouri rightfully don't make nearly as much as they do in places like Illinois, so it's not like a it's not like a full-time job, but it's still what you're signing up for. But it is a full-time job. Well, yeah, but it doesn't get paid like a full-time I, job. I get that. I so, get that. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. That would be, I think, a common sense way to address one of the most obvious and consistent problems that we have with the legislative mm-hmm. process in Missouri. All right. This is amazing. This one caught me off guard. I, who knew who the attorney general in New York was before she sued oh, Donald Trump? Now she can't help herself. Which is what she wants. Now she can't help herself. The New York attorney general, Letitia James is suing JBS USA, the world's largest producer of beef, over the company's emissions and for what she calls greenwashing, that's a new one, by allegedly misleading the public about its environmental impact. In an announcement this week, Letitia James noted that beef production has the largest greenhouse gas footprint of any major food commodity and that animal agriculture accounts for about 14.5% of global greenhouse gas emissions. According to James, JBS USA's various net zero pledges for the years 2030 and 2040 are misleading. Goodness. Given the scope of its worldwide beef production. Quote, this is from Letitia James. As families continue to face the daily impacts of the co- of the climate crisis, you know what families face daily? Food. Food. Having to feed their family and buy food. I'd say that's at the top of the list mm-hmm. of things. The climate is very important. The environment is very important. But don't tell me that people in New York and all across the country, when they're grocery shopping, aren't going... Man, I was worried about dinner tonight, but what about the greenhouse gas effect? <laughs> Screw dinner. As families continue to face the daily impacts of the immediate of the or of the climate crisis, excuse me, they are willing to spend more of their hard-earned money on products from brands that are better for the environment. Excuse me? Don't speak for who I'm more willing to spend my money with or not spend my money with. That is a bold statement. Families are willing to spend more of their money on products from brands that are better with the environment. I don't know that that's true, Letitia James. It isn't true. When companies falsely advertise their commitment to sustainability, they are misleading customers and consumers and endangering our planet. JBS USA's greenwashing exploits the pocketbooks of everyday Americans and the promise of a healthy planet for future generations. My office will always ensure, talk about some grandstanding here, my office will always ensure that companies do not abuse the environment and the trust of hardworking consumers for profit. Yeah. 
A company making a profit. What a shocker. The lawsuit, which was applauded by Democrats and national climate advocacy organizations Mm -hmm. like Earth Justice, Earth Justice put out a statement that said, quote, JBS repeatedly claims it will reach net zero by 2040. That claim is found to be misleading. And yet JBS continues to assert it. So that's part of their argument that this, the biggest beef producer in the country says that it has a goal to have zero carbon emissions by 2040 and they're not currently on that path. So we're going to sue them now in 2024 because they made a promise for 2040 that we don't think that they're going to, that they're on the right path for. This is insanity. It's insanity. Go ahead. JBS, I'm going to give their response and then I want to hear what you have to say. JBS has uh, indeed continued to tout, it's true, that, but that, that their 2040 pledge, they stand by it, and other sustainability goals. JBS, the company, even presented at the United Nations Climate Summit in Dubai last year. That's how seriously they're taking it. And in a statement, they said JBS takes its commitment to a more sustainable future for agriculture very seriously. We disagree with the action taken today by the New York Attorney General's office. JBS will continue to partner with farmers, ranchers and our food system partners around the world to help feed a growing population while using fewer resources and reducing agriculture's environmental impact. Our belief that American agriculture can help sustainably feed the world is undeterred so she is literally saying she is literally suing and possibly disrupting how families feed how people feed their families because she doesn't think that the world's largest beef provider is going to uphold their promise 16 years from now i'm sorry i took up all the time miss fine do you have a quick i'm sorry it's fine can you tell us afterwards? I was just going to say it is BS. It's totally fine. <laughs> I took up all the time. Oh, sorry. It's I a good did. story. All right. I do want to hear what you have to say about it. And I want to hear what Dr. Randy Tobler has to say about it as well. Also, the results from Joe Biden's physical are in. And he's healthy as a horse. Mm-hmm. I sure. want to ask Dr. Randy Tobler about that as well next on Colombo Gate.